I am so excited about today's podcast. I can't even stand it. So my guest today is Susie Wynn. She was Georgia's uh, private college counselor for our entire college search process. She made it uh, really effortless for me. Georgia's very happy with where she's going to school. And I just was dying to talk to her because I have friends who did not have an easy time and uh, whose kids are not happy with where they're going to school. And it broke my heart. So I thought I have this wonderful resource. I would love for us to have a conversation so everybody listening can uh, learn something. She and her company, which is called Magellan Counseling, has offered um, a free kind of landing page for my listeners. If you go to Magellan counseling.com backslash wife. That's Magellan is M-A-G-E-L-L-A-N counseling.com backslash wife. There's a landing page of about 12 pages of free resources. There's also other resources on their general website. Um, so you, you don't have to, you know, pay anything to, to check out their information. Um, this was not an ad campaign for them to get clients, although I'm sure they would love them. This was just Susie being generous with her time and sharing her expertise so that hopefully other parents can maybe have a less stressful process getting their kids into college. Um, I loved this conversation. I've asked her to come back again and talk to me with Georgia so that Georgia can kind of talk to us about what her experience was working with Susie, which I think was pretty awesome. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you have not gotten your wife of the party slides in gold camo. Please do so. They're so comfortable. I love them. You can go to freewaters.com and uh, check out the slides. They also have uh, men's in black and, and green camo, and they're so comfortable. So if you're interested in a waterproof by the pool, slip on, super squishy, arch supported, nice grippers on the bottom slide, check them out. Um, thank you for coming back every week. Thank you for your emails. If you have any questions about this uh, this episode, please email me at um, wifeotp.com. There's an email section. You can send me an email. We talk about a few books. I will put them on my website so that you can see what books she was referring to. And I'll also put a link to the landing page at Magellan Counseling on the website, wifeotp.com. Thank you so much, Susie, for coming today. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did because I, as I always do, I learned some new things and I hope you learned some new things too. Thank you so much and enjoy this conversation with Susie about college counseling. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. My 17-year-old does, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, wait, you're working with Georgia and Isla? <laughs> okay, so that tells you how much they know because they knew their names. Everybody knows their names. You know, I it's know. one of those things where 
hindsight's 2020. You know, Bert, all of his specials, the meat of it is about our family. Right. Sure. Which is his life because he's right. a real regular guy. But people don't realize that, right? Uh, like, you know. No. Uh, so the flip side of that is now our kids have not as much anonymity mm-hmm. as we would yeah. like. Like we right. went, I think I told you this, we went to um, Boulder to look at Boulder. Right. And we, could, it, we couldn't do it. Um, we couldn't knew. get through the campus. No. Georgia got so aggravated. Yeah. Because this was supposed to be about her and Bert right. was doing nothing. He I'm was sure. doing nothing. But he's his gotta voice, go like incognito. He can't even that. Yeah. His body is so recognizable and his voice. Right. Because he's so podcast yeah. present that the minute he spoke, we were just swamped. So I separated the girls off mm-hmm. and he just I mean it's kind of sad a little bit. It is a little sad. People can't just leave you alone. Well, it, it, that's another double-sided coin in right. that we go, we understand that that is who pays our bills. Right. You no, know, I that's get it. Who, I get it. And we're so grateful that he's able to right. stand in front of a bunch of people and tell jokes and make them laugh, and it makes his soul feel fulfilled. Right. And it's like a win-win. I get so many emails of people saying, "I, I you know, I just lost my daughter. We haven't laughed in six months. We went to your show. And right. now I feel like we, we can laugh again. It's okay. okay. We have so many emails like that. So we go, I, what he's doing is great. And, and I think in some ways important, but I hate that it has affected the girls negatively, you know, like, um, both girls get like weird Instagram requests. Well, that's what I was going to say. I would do. imagine there's some of that. Yeah. There's some of that. Which is why we won't talk about where she's going. No, we won't talk about where she's going for sure. No. Um, but, um, and well, if it slips, you said it can be edited. I won't. Oh, it totally. won't slip for me. Like I'm like I'm like Vegas. What happens? In yeah, right. Oh, Vegas I know. For me. Uh, totally. Like seriously, my kids had no idea until this, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, she's getting closer. Like that. As close as you're comfortable. Yeah. Okay. I think you can probably hear you. Okay. So we'd already started. Okay. So let me tell you. Uh, tell us. Uh, tell me who you are. I am Susie Wynn. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? I am a college counselor, yes. and um, I like to help you know young adults through that process, looking for their next step in their educational journey. And you are amazing. Thank you. And I don't have any experience with anybody other than you, so I can't speak <laughs> for your whole industry, but our experience with Georgia, with your help, made this process almost effortless. Oh, thank you. Uh, for me, anyway. Well, she I, was a joy to work with, so. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, you always worry. You know, you never know. And I, I've i talked about this briefly before, but I'll say it again. Uh, it became very obvious to me right off the bat that she did not want us involved in this right. process. That right. she wanted this to be her own process, figuring out where to go to college. Right. And um, so when a kid tells me that, when one of my kids say says that, and I know it's out of their depth, they can't do this by right. themselves, then I have to get them some help, right? I have right. to get them some appropriate support. Right. And as much as the, her high school guidance counselor is lovely and wonderful, I felt like she needed a little more support than that. And I don't think that's inappropriate, you know? No, I think it's, you know, it's really dependent on the, I hate to say child, I'll say young adult. Yes. <laughs> and the family, right? Because you know, I knew and I had discussed this before, like, why would you hire someone or, mm-hmm. or why do I do this? You mm-hmm. know, and 
I think the reason I do this, besides the fact that I just love working with this age group, mm -hmm. which is crazy, I know, because <laughs> it is a little <laughs> crazy. People say why. Yeah. Um, is because it's the first time in their life, you know, you're, th you're talking about depending on when you start working with them, 16, 17, 18 years old, where they have control over their life, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, they've had control a little bit, but not in an educational sense. Mm -hmm. Usually school, like high school, middle school, elementary school is based on where you live, unless you're in private school. And then maybe you have a couple of choices, but typically the parent is choosing, right? Yeah. This is the first time where they're in the driver's seat, right? We're long for the ride. Mm -hmm. And so if I can help them own it, mm -hmm. you know, reflect on themselves, explore, and hopefully come up with a bunch of places where they can be their best self for the next four years. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Some, some young adults need more handholding than others. And some parents need more. I mean, I think we had talked about this before too. I mean, it depends on how you grew up. Did you go to college? Do you know the system? I mean, we've worked with people who are international, so they don't even know how any of it works. Right. 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 So it's being able to help guide people to get them through that process. Right. I felt like I needed to give it to someone that I didn't have to think about. And I was afraid I would start worrying about her just being with her high school guidance counselor. Not mm -hmm. again, not because her high school guidance counselor is inept or anything. She was completely wonderful. Right. But for my own peace of mind, I needed to know for sure that Georgia was a complete focus for someone. And any high school guidance counselor, how many kids do they have? Well, that's also the other thing. You know, we're in California. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, they're just, they're overloaded. It's of just it's a budgetary thing. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of free resources out there. So people don't have to hire someone. Mm -hmm. um, but the reasons that, you know, you're talking about is having me be able to work with her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would text a lot, you mm -hmm. know, when things came up, but also having someone who isn't at school mm -hmm. and someone who's objective mm -hmm. and doesn't love her. And not that I don't love her. No, but, no, but, but yeah. But you and I could say the same thing. Uh-huh. I'm not mom. It's right? absolutely <laughs> true. And I think the other piece of it too you just hit on was that it was not at school. Yeah. I feel like these days, um, this race to college is so competitive and everybody's like checking everybody else's work all the time. Like, where did you apply? What are you doing? And what are your thoughts? And to have her removed from that by being out of her school environment was something I wanted for her so that she didn't have to, she could run her own race. We have a saying in our family where you just run your own race. You don't run right. your sister's race. Right. I'm not running your race. You run your own race. And so same applies at school. I didn't want her to be running anybody else's race. I wanted her to run her own race so that she could separate out and really focus on what she wanted. And I never graduated college. I, I applied to one college, got in, went there for two years, transferred, changed majors, was completely lost, had right. no idea what I wanted to do and dropped out Right. because I didn't have any kind of guidance or support or what was offered to me. I didn't take advantage of. I didn't understand how to use it either. I think that's another thing too. When you work with someone that you've hired independent of school, it te they teach you how to access help. Right. right. You were a guide for her to say, oh, there are lots of different ways to get help here, not just the one. Um, well, and that goes to the same. But actually, th your race comment makes me think about I have a little 
I don't even know what those little wooden things are that are in, you know, where you have sayings on them. Yeah. And I, it says, happiness is a journey, not a destination. Uh-huh. And I think you could use that for college. Uh-huh. Right? Because it's the journey. It's about figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. If you get to a college and it's not the right college, you can transfer. Sure. There are. And I actually, I did... I have a couple of books just in case we are, but I did bring one because you and I were even talking about because, you know, college isn't for everyone either. There are trade schools. There are all kinds of things. But I brought this because, by the way, this is the truth about college admission. Um, Barnard and Rick Clark. Rick Clark's at Georgia Tech. Okay. So, yeah, you know where you're from. Um, But when you think about how many schools there are, so how many colleges and universities do you think there are in the United States? That includes private, public, trade schools, everything, right? Uh, Can I, do they say? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got got the answer. Let me guess. 3,000. 4,600. Okay, I was pretty close. Okay. How many four-year colleges and universities are there in the United States? So we're talking, now we're talking about the four-year, private and public. Okay, now I go to 3,000. That's exactly dead on. Wow. 3,000, I highlighted it. Um, and, but this is, this is the one where we're talking about the race. So we, you know, where you're talking about everyone's competing, mm-hmm. everyone thinks, and I know we'll get into this later, but everyone thinks they have to go to, you know, the sweatshirt school somewhere where, you yeah. know, it's a recognizable name. How many four-year colleges in the country admit less than one third of the applicants? That oh. is their admit rate is less than 33%. So they'd be considered selective or highly selective. Oh. So remember there are 3000 schools. Uh-huh. How many? Admit less than one third. Fifteen hundred. A hundred. What? Okay. So so when we talk about the race, and that's why I brought it up now. I was gonna talk about it later because I figured we'd talk about like selectivity and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. But but when you talk about the race and racing against other people, it's because everyone thinks the same a hundred names, the same a hundred schools, right? What? Right. You're so right. when you think about the fact that so many of these schools admit you know, 60, 70, 80% of their applicants, it doesn't have to be so stressful. So it's, it's a lie. It's an incorrect, okay. It's an incorrect paradigm. It's an inaccurate paradigm because you think it's so hard to get into college, but based on that statistic, it's Mm -hmm. actually not. So the paradigm we're walking around with as parents is incorrect. It's so hard to get into those hundred. Maybe. Well, yeah, because it's it's the hundred that everybody knows about and has heard of. Right. Which doesn't. But just because you've heard the name or, or let me flip it just because you haven't heard of a name. So those other let's say, well, you've heard of some of the other ones, but let's say the other two thousand because mm-hmm. maybe you've heard of a thousand, whatever. Doesn't mean they're not good. Oh, completely. Yes. Right. Well, that's another reason I hired you, because what is that? Where you go is not who you'll be. Boy, isn't that the truth? Frank Bruni. He's the New York Times um, author. That's great. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to put all these on my website. <laughs> yeah, but um, I no, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Um, Sorry, I do that often. No, that's okay. <laughs> I do it all the time too. But I think, oh, one of the reasons I hired you is because I don't even know the 100 colleges right. that people. I have no idea uh, because, like I said. I applied to the college that was closest to my house. It was a four-year college. It was not a university. It was a college. And I was like, well, I'll start there because you get your basic stuff anywhere. There was no community college where uh, uh, no community, no two-year. There was none. No community college. So 
I could go to vocational school or I could right. go to this four-year college that was local. Okay. Um, and that's, I, that's, so how in the world do I, at 50 years old, advise my daughter on the, these 4,600 colleges and technical schools right. for which I have zero knowledge of? I have no idea. So I thought if we hire someone who is just for her and learns who she is, they can go, oh, there's this obscure college in this mm -hmm. town you've never heard of that would be perfect. Check it out. You know, but part of the reason it also worked with Georgia and she was so successful in her list and finding the right college for her was that you and Bert were super open and let her run the process. Mm. So as parents, and I'm a parent of three, two have graduated college, one is a junior in high school. So I am living You're it in the thick of I it. I am living it again. Oh boy. So I'm like mom hat, college counselor hat, right? <laughs> um, is because you gave her the gift uh -huh. of not pressuring her on what your expectations were. You allowed her to figure out, like we went through questions, you know, we, we explore what could possibly be an interest. Mm -hmm. And we do this with all of our clients. Like, you know, we'll look at different majors. We'll show them how to research a website. So for fun, if you ever want to go do this or uh -huh. anyone can do it, if you look at a bunch of different colleges, just any colleges, you know, and you look at their websites, they're kind of going to look the same. Yeah. Right. If it's California or Florida, you're going to have the palm trees and the. Yeah. So if it's in New York or upstate New York, you're going to have the snow. Uh huh. And they kind of start looking the same. So how do you figure it out? How do yeah. you expect a 17 year old to figure it I out? I don't know. So that's sort of what we we do. We go through and we figure out what are those differences? What are you going to like to do? What mm -hmm. it, Because there, what do we say? Like out of, let's say, the 3000 schools, if we're just talking about four year universities, how are you going to sift through all that? How do you sift through all that? I You can't. Right. Uh, 3000. And no you're not way. and you're not going to. You're going to look no. at. So basically, you want to have a balanced list. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is balance, balance, balance. And you know me. I like to have a lot of levity. Mm -hmm. You know, we laugh a lot. But like keeping things calm, uh -huh. right? Because the truth is a lot of the colleges are very similar, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're all going to teach you what you need to learn. Totally. So unless they have a unique major, um, you know, you're looking at the social fit. Yeah. Is the culture what you're looking for? Right. Is it a school of a lot of like intellectual or collaborative? Is it a school where there's a big Greek system, mm -hmm. you know, they're different. So mm -hmm. that you're, you're looking at those things. You're looking at the academic fit. Mm -hmm. Do they have your major? If you're undecided, can you transfer into a different major? Mm -hmm. You know, we live in California and the UC system is great, but it, and the Cal State system is great, but there's a lot of impacted majors. So like you're kind of, once you decide, it sometimes can be very challenging. Oh, really? To, oh yeah. To switch majors or to even graduate in four years. Wow. So the fact that there's all these other schools that can be the academic and the social fit and financial fit, mm -hmm. you know, is a great thing. It's about finding that balanced list. Well, you know, thank you for the compliment with Bert uh, and me, but, <laughs> but it's know. true. I mean, not yeah. every parent, that's probably one of the most challenging parts of my job. And it's not because parents, it's not because they're trying to be difficult about expectations. Sometimes they don't know. Mm -hmm. Because we think about, well, you know, when I went to school, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I was talking about this with a colleague the other day, like Johns Hopkins, for example, I think we were talking about when she went to school, she's about 50. 
um, I think it was like a 40 or 50% admit rate. And mm. now, you know, it's down to under 10%. Mm. Same school. Yeah. So you're thinking, well, I got in or, yeah. you know, my, my child who's a straight A student should be able to get in. Sure. And so they're not the doing, the parents aren't doing it because they're trying to be difficult. Sure. They love their child. They want the best for Absolutely. their child. Absolutely. I think that is the hardest part is that there's a time. I think sometimes parents have a hard time seeing their child for who they are. Right. As opposed to seeing them for who they dream them to be or want them to be, you know. Or what they were lacking and are trying to. Oh, something, <laughs> yes. Or or what yeah. they were at that Correct. age or whatever. <laughs> instead of just separating entirely and saying, who is she? Because for Georgia, she was giving us loud and clear information. I want this to be mine. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do? I mean, we were like, I don't think she even shared anything with you, right? Oh, uh, nothing. Right. Nothing. I remember. Yeah. And I was good with that. And I know a lot of parents that are my peers would not have been good with that. It's hard. Um, I mean, I will say even as a parent, if I'm taking that college counselor hat, you know, it's hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to put that kind of I don't want to say trust because I think you trust your child, but mm -hmm. you want it to be okay. And you're worried that if they mess up or something, this is a pretty big time to mess up, well, which is why you hire someone. I say, like, hi, that's right? what I was going to say. I'm I not going to let her mess up. worry about that because <laughs> right. I knew you wouldn't let her mess up. Right. So then I thought if, if ever she was like not responding to you, you reached out to me and yeah. was like, I can't get her. Yeah. And then I go, okay, now I have to step in. Right. And I was very clear with her with that. I will leave you alone as long as you do what Susie asks. Right. That's it. That's my only requirement. And if Susie needs me, then I'm stepping in. And then and I'm going to be all over you. Well, and it's funny because that's what I say to a lot of my parents. I said, you know, I'll send a follow-up note. You mm -hmm. know, they come in our, in our software system. You know, I'll write a note and it will, mm -hmm. it will get sent out to the parents. I said, but if you're not actually like hearing from me, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe that, <laughs> that trust, that trust is important too, because the truth about being a parent at this age is you have to start letting go. Yeah. You, you have next to. year they're on their own. They're gone. Right? So if yeah. you micromanage and you're, this is another reason we hired someone else is because if I had been her college counselor, so to speak, outside her right. high school counselor, now she's still reliant, connected, dependent on me. Yeah. So what happens, this is a transition to me. This relationship she had with you was a transition into being on her own entirely in college. Right. To me, that made logical sense to go, okay, I need to hand her off to someone I trust and believe will do the job well. Um, so that she can experience what's that, what's that, what that is like with me still in her back pocket. Right. I'm in her back pocket. Right. I'm right here. Someone once said to me, I, I wish I could give credit to the person. So I apologize now <laughs> when I'm giving this thing that someone told me about and I cannot give you the credit. So I apologize about being like on a car ride uh -huh. and that like, and I'll just use Georgia since we're talking about Georgia in the front seat, me in the passenger seat mm -hmm. and you and Bert in the back seat. Yeah, totally. Along for the ride. Yeah. Right. You know, we may even be in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> she may have put us in the trunk because we Maybe. were in the dark, Maybe. but that's OK. You know what? The thing also, the difference between my two children is Georgia never late on her school assignment, never fails to turn in her homework, is, is super responsible in her classwork and in all her journey in education. I've never had to worry about her with this. Right. Isla, on the other hand has a lot more executive function type right. challenges. Right. So for her, I may not be able to just let her go. I may yeah. have to go, 
let me see. Let me just check in. Right. Let me just check in. Because again, it's about seeing who your child is. What's their maturity level? Right. What's their ability within those executive functioning, right. you know, kind of wheelhouse? What's their desire? What's their drive? Georgia could not wait to get her learner's permit. Like toe tapping, right. when do I start? Let me do it. Isla could have gotten her learner's permit in January. She just started now because no. she was not ready. And she said to me, I'm not ready. I don't want to do this now. Okay. Right. What am I going to do? Say you have to? You don't have to. Right. You don't have to go to college as soon as you graduate high school. If you're not ready and Isla really was, if Isla's not ready, she will learn nothing and she will do nothing to, to facilitate whatever that is. She just won't. Right. That's been her, her school, uh, uh, track record. You know? But part of, part of, yes, it's part of it's the being ready, but part of it's also, um, finding something that is interesting. Yes. Because if, if, if she and I are exploring the possibilities that are out there, unlike high school, where maybe you're not good at, I'm just going to say math or I was never good at math, but yes. I still had to take math. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in college, there's certain basic things, but you know, you're not going to be major in some, I'm not going to, I wasn't going to major in math. I mean, yeah, I was totally. a political science major because I like to write and mm -hmm. all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So no one was going to make me do STEM because that was, I was horrible. <laughs> right? It, right. But you still have to do that in high school. You have to yeah. suffer through it. Right. Yeah, so, totally. so knowing that that's out there and being able to check off mm -hmm. what needs to be done. And you said about like hiring someone to do it. So let's just talk about like the executive functioning and all that for a second. I mean, I work with a lot of procrastinators. I mean, diagnosed or not, they mm. just leave everything the last minute. Uh -huh. Part of working with someone outside of, and I would say the school counselors do it too. It's just they have a really huge workload. So yes. they're not, if something, they can't be on the person. Yeah, I'm totally. texting, where is this? Yes, no, it's, and it's not possible. They, um, they do a fabulous job. But right, it's just, but it's just not possible. It's they, like 40 to one. Yeah, well, you're lucky if it's 40 to one. <laughs> yeah. In the public schools here, it could be 300, 400. Jeez. And that's not everywhere in every state, but yeah. here in California. But um it's taking it in pieces. Uh -huh. So executive functioning or not, mm -hmm. the way to bring down the stress in the process is obviously educating yourself. And I think I told you, and you'll put it up on the website, we have, we put out all of the resources. Mm -hmm. There's nothing magical. Like we have so many free resources on our website, which we'll put up so you can, yes, you can be get it with yeah. a special like landing page for anyone who's listening. And if you look through it, we even have a... Um, I don't remember how many modules, maybe 10 or 11 modules mm -hmm. on different parts of the application and college process. Mm -hmm. And you can educate yourself. You can watch them. It's free so that you can bring down the stress level mm -hmm. so that if you have a child, ex executive functioning or not, you don't have as much stress, right? right? But then when you have a, a student who maybe is a procrastinator, or doesn't want to do it, you can do it in pieces. Mm -hmm. So in the, and it's, it's so funny because we don't, don't ever like sell ourselves, which is why when you say, will you come on? I'm like, sure, I'll come on to talk. But like, <laughs> you know, so this is not like a sales pitch, but no. one of the things about having someone guide you who's knowledgeable mm -hmm. is it's being proactive. So for example, if you have a child who doesn't want to do the work, 
you can chunk it out. Mm -hmm. So everything is manageable. Mm -hmm. If you start early enough, you're not doing everything at once where it just feels overwhelming. You're doing little pieces and Mm -hmm. then you can make it fun too. Right. So, I mean, because I like to laugh a lot because otherwise I'd be crying, right? I mean, it's like, it can be stressful and these kids... Most of the stress comes from external stress. I mean, you have mm-hmm. the kids who really want to do well and that's internal, mm-hmm. but it's like society's expectations that you have to go to this school or you have to do this to be successful. And we mm-hmm. all know, mm-hmm. and back to that book, it's not where you go, it's what you do when you're there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to to do that. And another one of these, like we can go through it, but if you look at the top 100 CEOs, like the fortune, you know, 100, Mm-hmm. Those CEOs, most of them did not go to Ivy League. Oh, totally. Most of them went to lots of other big state public yeah. schools and other schools. Yeah. And they did just fine, you know? Well, yes, I have that example in my own home. Yes, you do. I mean, Bert went to Florida State. <laughs> He's one of the most successful Which, people by I the know. way, is super competitive now. Is it? Yes. Wasn't when he went there. It okay, was, but he it went, is it now. There goes Hopkins back to model. what we were talking about. Yes. Like, he would probably say... Oh, George Riley, you could easily get yes. in there. Not so much. Not so much. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how that works. Yeah, Bert, seven years for an undergrad. <laughs> seven freaking years. Um, And it really is. But he got out. But he finished. He graduated. And he was successful. And he was successful. Yep. And right. So. Yes, plenty of examples. And in if this he family. didn't, if he didn't publicize that, if that wasn't what his, forget that he's Bert and that he did all that stuff. No one would have known that it took him seven years. No. He has the same diploma that someone else had that took four years. Totally. This week's episode of Wife of the Party is brought to you by Solo Stove. I know I've talked about this before, but I am such a fan of this item. When we built our fire pit in our backyard, Bert did not want a wood-burning fire pit, and I was really, really not okay with that. But I did it anyway because he has asthma. I Okay, I don't have asthma. I don't know what that feels like. And the smoke just kills him. If we go to an, a, like a regular wood-burning fire pit, he's just like done for the night. So when, when I found this solo stove, I was so excited because it is a smokeless and portable fire pit. So you can take it to the beach. You can take camping. You can set it up in your backyard and when you're done with it, You just dump out the all white ash, there's nothing left to deal with, into your garbage and put it in your garage. It's awesome. I love it. I don't know how they've engineered it, but you know, sometimes it's really hard to light a real wood fire because it just doesn't get the right air circulation. This, no problem with this. Absolutely no problem. Easy to light a fire, burns super clean, no smoke, super easy to transport and really easy to clean up. I don't know how they could have done it better. I really sincerely love this thing because I love real fire. So I am so proud that they have decided to sponsor my podcast. I am really proud. It makes me super happy to have them as one of my sponsors. Solo Stove, you can shop now, get up to 30% off your fire pits all month long. Use promo code WIFE at checkout and get an extra $10 off. Plus a lifetime warranty, free 30-day returns. I mean, you could get it try it out. You don't like it, return it. 30 days. Just go to solostove.com and remember you get $10 off when you use the promo code WIFE. Also a sponsor of this podcast this week is Daily Harvest. I just made a shake yesterday for them. They totally saved me. I was starving. I had been running all day long and I just wanted to put junk in my mouth. I wanted 
crackers. I wanted a bagel. I wanted crappity crap crap. And I went to my freezer and I pulled out their strawberry peach smoothie, dumped it in the blender, added some almond milk, turned it on, had a healthy snack. I was so proud of myself for making that good choice. Um, They have so many good choices available for you at Daily Harvest. Not only do they have smoothies, they have snacks, they have flatbreads, they have uh, sides for your dinner. Uh, We made a sweet potato side that was delicious the other day. So Daily Harvest is one of my new favorite things on the planet. It just makes eating healthy, kind of brain-free and easy. So avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash wife to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash wife for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash wife. And you know, I have a friend who has a child who did not get into the schools that they applied to and has taken a school that the child is not excited about. Will that, not that actually buy the breaks sweatshirt. My heart. It <sighs> won't even buy the sweatshirt. Mm. Is already planning on transferring before he, they've even given it a shot. Mm. And that breaks my heart too because I feel like, okay, how could that have been avoided for him right. to have not gotten accepted at right. anywhere he applied to? How could that have been avoided? So I'll get to that, but I want to talk okay. about the fact that the this young adult is not excited. Yeah. If anyone is out there uh-huh. listening to this and isn't excited, uh-huh. try to go into school with an open mind because when you get there, mm-hmm. think of all the possibilities. Totally. Right? You, you don't know until you're there, right? It could yes. have been the best thing that ever happened to this student. I agree. To go in going, I'm already going to transfer is sort of defeatist. I completely agree. So, you know, that's a hard one. I think, I don't want to forget to get to why, how he could have avoided this pitfall. But I I had a conversation recently with a couple of 10th graders who did not understand that you're not in school for seven periods a day, five days a week. Oh, right. They don't understand. They don't understand. No, you, you choose your load. Right. You choose it. You could take one class if you wanted to work full time that semester or quarter and go back and take a full load the next time. And a full load, by the way, is like three classes. Had no idea that that's how college worked or what you were saying earlier, that you don't have to take history per se. Or I'll give you a perfect example. Like not everyone is into math. Let's just say that Uh team tends to be the common one. But you might have to take a like quantitative reasoning class, but it could be like statistics and nutritional science Uh or, you know, they're in college. It's not like, oh, well, you have to take stats or I mean, there are some majors that require, but I'm talking about someone who's not majoring in one of those. Yes. Right. And so Well, I think kids these days don't understand that. They don't understand the difference between high school and college. And so it makes it, I think that might be like 15% of the time and you've got all this other time. Yes. That you've got to figure out what to do with. Yes. That you can. Which is very hard. It is. You could work a job. You could. Yeah. You could volunteer. You you can be involved in campus. You could be Greek. You could do whatever with that time. You make friends. Isn't that amazing? I mean, think about it. That's like when you're 18 back. (laughs) I know, right? I worked full time through college. I worked the whole, my whole way through college and had a student loan and had a Pell Grant, you know, 
you just get it done. You just get it done however you can get it done. Um, But there's time to work full. I had time to work full time. I had time. It made it a little harder. It would have been better if I could have worked part time. Right. But it was definitely doable. Yeah. And it depends on it depends on the student. Right. It it depends on if your quarter system or your semester system, because some of them you take more classes, Mm. you know, there's a lot. But but the truth is that unless you're probably like maybe like engineering, there's a lot of classes mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of studying and it's really challenging, but people do it. They work full time or they could be on a work study there, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, but well, going back. back to, yes, I know. See, that's why I said we would go off. I know, right, right. Said, that's okay. Go over, so I'm glad you can remember because I can't hold that in my head. I can't anymore. always either. So I'm glad this you kept worked. saying it over and over again. Because I do want to know because How you avoid it. they their family decided not to hire a private counselor. They used their high school counselor, which they thought was you know giving them good advice. But uh, the the proof is a little bit in the pudding. In that, like, I know what I was told when I went to our high school, like, this is how you deal with college. You have a reach Mm -hmm. schools, you have a, what are target, target schools. And then your, I mean, you can call them likely, Mm -hmm. um, likely schools. But if we, if we go back to what we were talking about before, balance, balance, balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you avoid what we were talking about? You research. Mm -hmm. So you explore first, Right. What are your interests? Figuring out, like, you know, what, where do you want to be regionally or across the country? Um, what are you looking for? Do you know your major? Let's say you don't know your major. Mm-hmm. Like what some schools have great, like first year advising, help you explore. Is there a school where you can take a lot of different classes to figure out what you want to do? Mm-hmm. Or do you know what you want to do and you want to be able to just jump in? So like kind of knowing sort of who you are, whether it's undeclared or not. Mm-hmm socially what you're looking for mm-hmm. and then financially which i definitely want to talk about the financial yes, piece I, at I some point it's very important but for right yeah. now let's just assume you're looking at those three things mm-hmm. and you're looking about fit mm-hmm. and what does fit mean right like so if you talk about we color code them so like we've got green schools which are i'm going to say like the likely schools and for me i'm pretty conservative and that might also be part of it for me the green schools are Schools where, you know, it's pretty likely you're going to get in because if you look at the numbers, maybe the school's holistic, meaning they look at everything, but there are certain schools, ASU, U of A, um, you know, just for example, yeah, where you know that if you have a certain GPA mm-hmm. and, and if you're submitting test scores, and there's a lot of test optional now mm-hmm. that you're going to get in. Right. Right. I like to have a couple of those. Uh-huh. And I like to have some schools where you're applying early action, not early decision where it's binding, right? but early where you apply early, you hear early, it takes the stress level down. Does it ever? You know, like I remember when Georgia got into her first one, then she's looking at every school she got into after that against that school. Yeah. Right. Like I like that one or I like this Mm -hmm. one. So you want to make sure that you have a couple of those. We're going to call them green schools for lack of. I don't I, I don't love the word likely, but we haven't found a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean it's not a good school. I feel right. like pe- I feel like the students see green. They hear it's likely and somehow how it's not as good a school as like the orange reach or the red unlikely school. Right. right? It's not a quality thing. It's just an admission. Right. Um, making sure that the students I work with or anyone out there that you find a couple of schools that you love. Mm-hmm. So you're not in the situation that 
the person you were just talking about is in. Right. There shouldn't be schools on your list that you don't love. Right. A and B, there should there should be schools that you love in the green. Correct. That's because yes. I think that might have been part of the issue right. is that they love the schools that are in the orange and the red. Right. That's where the love landed. So I start mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. with the greens and the blues. Right. I always as long as I kind of joke because like I said, I put a lot of humor in mine. And like if if I'm getting pushback on that. I'll be like, this is all about me. I cannot sleep at night. Yeah. If I'm worrying that you're not going to have a school, if everything in this world went wrong, and I don't think it will. Yeah. Like usually the kids are getting in, we make a balanced list of all those schools. So the kids that we're working with have choices. Yeah. The goal is to have choices. Yes. But I'll joke. I, I need you to fall in love with one more green school so I can sleep. This isn't right. about you anymore. Right, this right. is about me. <laughs> And somehow not, they laugh. Yeah. They do. They laugh. But then they go, okay. Like I sort of removed it from them or whatever. Yes. Kind of laugh it at personal me. sort of for them. Right. Yeah. And then we look and we find it. Go, if you can't find one, we're going to keep looking at more. Totally. And then once they're good with those, like um, the green schools and the blue schools, which are the targets, you're mm-hmm. sort of in the mid range. It could go either way. Mm-hmm. And they bleed into each other. You know, some blues are kind of blue orange. Some are blue green. Yeah. You know, yeah. But and then I don't care if you want to write 15 essays, apply to the oranges and the, and and the, the reds. reds. That's such you a know? good way of organizing how to approach. That's a really good way to organize how you approach that. Because okay. if you've got the couple that you love, right, that are likely right. or green, then you can relax right. through the rest of it. Wow, that's really simple. It is kind of simple, but it's hard because. The greens may not be the schools where they necessarily envision themselves. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, it's harder when students are like the 4.0s because mm-hmm. they're like, I've worked so hard. The parents like they deserve it. I don't know really what deserve means in that case, yeah, but yeah. that, but I, we do get that a lot. Yeah. They deserve it. They should be able to go to XYZ school. Yeah. Here's a stat. Mm-hmm. So Compass Education Group, which is a test prep company just put out a thing about testing mm-hmm. and in it, they, they quoted the college board and that's like the, that they're the ones that do the SAT and the mm-hmm. APs and all that. In 2021, oh, I got to look to make sure I get this. So this is one that I don't want to, I'm nervous. Don't I'm nervous to wrong. hear. I don't know what you're going to say, it may, but I'm nervous. <laughs> it's, it's no, I don't want to go. Okay. College board report that over 60% of college applicants in the class of 2021 obtained a 4.0 or better. Okay. Wow, yeah. So, so I don't want to say your child's not special uh-huh. because of course every child's special. Yeah. Right. But that's 60% of 4.0 or better. There's not much difference between a 4.0 and a 3.8, right? Like, right. so no. all the kids that have a 3.7, 3.8, 3.9, they got a couple B's big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Gray who can't, you know what I'm I saying? I don't care. Right. How many is that? 70%. I mean, think about how many people have. Yeah. A's, right? Yeah. So when you talk about supply and demand, there's just, it's a, at some point it becomes a numbers game. It's basic math. Right? Really? So if you love, yes, basic math and schools, institutional priorities. Mm-hmm. So one tip is that look at the mission statements mm-hmm. on the schools. Mm-hmm. You get a good feel for what that school is looking for and what, what's important to them. Interesting. Right? So there's that and their institutional priorities. They mm-hmm. might be looking for someone who plays trombone that year. And if you don't play trombone, you don't play trombone. Right. You can't 
make yourself something you're not yeah. right so if you have the green and the blue schools uh-huh. right um even if the four you have a 4.0 whatever it is then you'll see and and you've had a really good successful high school experience mm-hmm. apply to those schools and see what happens mm-hmm. if you get in it, it it's not your worth no if you get in or you don't get in no nothing has to do with who you are and are you worthy they no. could fill these classes over and over and over again yeah our philosophy in our house for high school has been pass fail. You just have to pass. And you know what? And in college, C's get degrees. That's what we used to say. C's get degrees. My 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 older son is an, was an engineering major uh-huh. and they're tough. And yeah. you know, you could get 30% on a physics exam and that could be a B or an A in a class, right? So, yeah, right. So we just be just C's get degrees. C's get degrees. <laughs> I love that because C's get degrees in high school, too. And, you know, Georgia said something before we started working with you that I thought was very wise beyond her years. She said, I do not want to spend my high school worried about college. I want to spend Live my high moment. school in high school. Yeah. So if I have a 3.7, I don't, I don't care. And our philosophy has always been pass fail. You have to pass your classes. That's all we care about. And maybe that's irresponsible in the way parents think these days to get your kid to the quote best college. But I think for Georgia, it's proven to be the least stressful, most happiness producing path. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, isn't your job to teach your child who they are and how to be happy. Right. I mean, really that's what you're supposed to do. know your child. So I do. Right. So like I'm thinking about my three kids. Uh Uh-huh. That might work and it might not work, right? So you mm-hmm. have to know saying that, like I could say to my son who's in high school right now, he'll probably kill me, but mm-hmm. I could say, oh, don't worry about it. Uh-huh. He he does because that's just who yeah, he is. You're he's absolutely like, right. He's yes. like the kid with the, all true. the APs, yes. the testing, totally. the, the baseball, the all those totally. things. Totally. It doesn't matter if I say don't worry. Yeah. Because internally... He's just going to do that. You're absolutely right. That's right. And some, you know, some of Isla's best friends are highly gifted. One of her friends is like a sophomore already in senior math. Right. And loves that. Loves the drive that comes with it. Right. Loves the fulfillment of achieving something that's difficult. She's really driven academically. Okay. So (laughs) she should go to Harvard if that's, you know, if that's where she wants. And that's, she seems to be that kind of functioning kid. That's naturally who she has always been. So you're right. Can I change that discussion a little bit? Okay, not Harvard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Right. If right. she's driven by academia, like I have, I have she another would look, friend. We would look for a school mm-hmm. that, let's say she's like that across the board. It might just be math, but that where she's going to be challenged and be around exactly. similarly students who are also wanting to be intellectually challenged yeah and that honestly i'll be honest with you yeah that could be at any school sure okay because like we said before just because you think it has like this high admission rate mm-hmm. so for example i'll give you two examples so indiana university i think it's like a 70 percent admit rate it might be it might be even higher the kelly school of business and the jacob school of music are two of the best schools right in the country but it still has a 70 percent admit rate Right. ASU is Arizona State is uh-huh. all about access. Uh-huh. They admit, I think, in if you have a B average, uh-huh. maybe even lower, you can pretty much get in. Uh-huh. They have one of the best honors colleges in the country. Wow. Right. But I've had clients go to Barrett 
over UCs because they know they can get out. They know they'll have the connections with the, the professors and all of that. The goal would be for her friend to find schools where she is going to be challenged mm-hmm. and be able to do all those. Cause she may not want to be at a school that she perceives herself, whether it's Harvard or another yeah. school, you know, to not challenge her. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. The, I mean, kid. Yes. That's a very good point. You have to see your child for who they are and then, and then move forward on that path, on their path, really. And any school, you're going to find those people. I mean, it's sort of anyone who tells you if you go to this one school, you're not going to, you know, <laughs> you're not going to do it's a party what, school or yeah. I mean, there are different reasons people choose the classes. I mean, there's that famous story about the kid who got into all the IVs and I hate to use the IVs because, you know, really, truly, it just is an athletic league. Right. Yes. But um, and he picked Alabama's honors college because financially that was the best choice for him. If he worked that hard and he got admitted to all those highly selective schools, chances are probably I bet if someone looked at him now, he probably did really well at Alabama. Uh, right. Imagine. Yeah. So and then let's just say he graduated. Like the truth is, it's what you do there. Like, yes. It's what you do there and it's what you do after. Exactly. You know, uh, I have a friend, another friend, a different friend who has um, 10th grader, 8th graders. So they're not quite here yet. Mm -hmm. But their philosophy on college is is about the connections you make at that college that you can use later in life. Right. And so if I understand her correctly, their focus for the college their daughter chooses would be for that purpose. Right. What level of person are you connected with right. that you can access later? And, and what do you think about uh, that? You know, it, that's not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting one. I think for certain um, professions, mm-hmm. that might be a little bit true. Like what? Like med- maybe like medicine? an investment banking. Oh, got it. Like finance, something like that. If you're making connections with people who are, going to be in that industry, mm-hmm. professors who are in that industry. If you're in school, let's say in New York and you want to be in Wall Street or yeah. something like that. Okay. Um, I think that if you're at a regional type of school um, and you want to live somewhere else mm-hmm. that doesn't have a national reputation necessarily, mm-hmm. I, I can kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's what you do at that school and the connections you make. I go back to that because, yes, it is those students, but you don't know where they're going to be. I mean, did anyone think necessarily that Bert was going to be like, I'm sure there's a lot of entertainment people right now that would like to connect with Bert out of his past to, you know, what's really fascinating. He went to school with someone who is the head of a major studio here now Mm -hmm. at Florida state. They were uh, very good friends. And the first time I met him, I was like, Wow, he's an interesting guy, but nothing, nothing really that you mm-hmm. would think was like going to run a studio one day. And then he has um, he has like three different college mates at Florida State who right. are really extremely successful in their jobs. Right. You know, where it, to me, her theory doesn't apply, but I know that it is a theory. Right. You know, that that I well, wanted there's to bring legacy, up. To. Yeah. And. You know, there's been this whole thing about legacy admissions, right? So like, okay, is. so basically if your parents went to, let's pick a different Ivy. I don't know. I don't want to, I won't pick. So let's just say IVB. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one parent or two parents went there or a grandparent, you're considered legacy. Okay. And 
basically, if you apply early, it used to be that it could help you a little bit in getting in. Mm -hmm. And there's been a big shift from that Mm -hmm. now because of access Mm -hmm. to get more students to be able to have those kinds of educations. Got it. So it will be interesting to see how that changes the landscape over over the the time. Right. I'm not sure I really under really answered your question. Um because it's sort of like it depends. I could yeah. see a situation where, yeah, you make great contacts at a school. Yeah. But who's to say that you're gonna make them at they'll just use Harvard, like you said before, versus ASU or right. the kid at Alabama. I mean, if that kid was your friend, yeah. that's the person that you're gonna I think it's who you surround yourself with yeah. at those schools. That's what I would say. I yeah. mean, I think there'd be people that would probably maybe disagree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't buy into that. Right. I'm not saying that you don't apply to those schools. Right. And if you get in Great. and that's what you want to do, sure. Yeah. Choose that, you know. But it depends on what what you value and what it is that you're looking for. What happens if that is the school where you might make the most connections, but your child isn't going to fit in as well there? Hmm. Right. I would argue that in order to be your best version of yourself, you want to be at a place that you fit. Right. So if you're not your best version of yourself, are you going to connect with those people and be able to network? I don't know. Yeah. That might not be what everyone thinks. Um, No, that's that's a really good way of looking at it. That's a really good way of looking at it because it's, it's, you know, when she told me that was her thought, I was like, well, I don't have any argument for it, but I don't know that it's exactly right either. You know what I mean? I can't right. say you're wrong, but I can't really say you're right. I don't know. Right. It, you're- because I think it's, we have this, <laughs> Evelyn, my colleague that I work with, she's the one that founded Magellan, has this little piece of paper with a hashtag, it depends, because we always totally. say that. And again, as unique as each client that I work with is, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like, like. I don't know that you can say that in a vacuum for their child. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would be important. Yeah. And maybe it could help. Yeah. But you're never going to really know. Yeah. Right. right? It I depends mean, you... on your kid. It depends. Hashtag. Yeah. Depends. There you go. Um, okay. So money. Let's talk yeah, about okay. money because this is a big one. Yeah. We have a lot of information on our website. So I know you're going to put that information, but people can watch the videos and get a basic understanding. Okay. Really start early and be honest. I mean, those are the two basic things I would say. I think be honest is even the most important. Yeah. I mean, a lot of families don't want their kids to know their financial situation. And I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But then give them at least a number. Like we're willing to pay what a UC would cost. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Because then you go, okay. Like, and then when I'm working with someone and I look at the schools, I go, oh, okay. So we want to make sure you've got, let's say, great grades. Let's find a school that's going to give you a lot of merit aid. Yeah. And I've had that situation where, I mean, my son's schooling was less than a UC because Mm -hmm. he got like a half tuition ride Mm -hmm. and he got a robotic scholarship. Like he had gotten all these things that ended up being less than, and he went to private school. It was less than private school than his high school. Wow. Right. So that can happen. The money is in the list. So a lot of people say, oh, apply for this scholarship, apply for that scholarship. You'll be writing and writing and writing. And they're very hard to get. Mm. The most of the money comes from your list. So remember how we talked about the green and blue schools? Mm -hmm. That's probably where your money is. Mm. Okay. Those are the schools because most of those reach and unlikely schools Mm -hmm. don't even give merit aid. Right. Who would they give it to? Right. Everyone has great grades. Yeah. It's all like need-based aid. So, Got it. yeah. So I would say do that and I would get on and 
on the stuff we have. Someone can click on it. We have about the expected family contribution, but um, you can Google it too. Find out how much your expected family contribution is. Right. It's not, unfortunately, it's not what you think you can afford. It's what the government tells you you can afford. Really? Yes. It's a formula. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? It means that let's say a school costs fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you fill out your EFC, and it says you can afford twenty. Mm-hmm. That means that you have to pay that twenty, and then you have to figure out how you're going to do the thirty. Mm-hmm. So some schools will fill those with grants and loans, mm-hmm. and obviously you want more grants and scholarship money because you have to pay it back. Sure. And some schools meet a hundred percent of need, so you you have to come up with that twenty. But that 30 that gets to the full amount. Right. They deal um, with. There's different ways to do Interesting. it. Interesting. We didn't go through this. Yeah. And my friend did mm-hmm. and was talking to me about this stuff. And I was like, I don't know what any of these like initials mean. Right. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Um, so that makes so that makes So sense. people, anyone who's listening, find out your EFC. And then if you have a couple of schools that you love. Mm-hmm. That that you don't have to apply there even yet. Just but you want to see they all have what's NPC. Everything has an acronym, right? Yeah. Net price calculator. Okay. They all have it. You go on their financial aid page, mm-hmm. and you push the button there, and you fill it out. You have to put in all your information, like right. income, whatever they ask. It will tell you a like how much it will cost to go there, like what a typical aid package would look like. So you have an idea because the worst thing to do is let's say you have a big list. Mm -hmm. And even if you get in, let's say it's not like the person we were talking about before where they had a choice of one school. Mm -hmm. Let's say that one school you couldn't afford. Right. Then now what do you do? Now what do you do? Yeah. So falling in love when we talked about falling in love with those green schools, it's not just in love academically and socially, it's financially too. Those are like the all around fit. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I love them and I can afford them. And I can afford them because that is a huge stress reliever to know you can afford it. Right. Even if you have to work a, a right. part-time job or even if you have to supplement it with grants or loans or whatever, right. if the loan is something you can afford also. Right. And there's this community college route too. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going and starting in that way. But what I typically recommend is for... And I've had clients who have said to me, I'm just going to go to community college in the middle of it. Either they're frustrated, they yeah. don't want to do any more work. Right. <laughs> or for whatever reason, I said, let's just get through the process and then you can decide. Because community right. college, you can always do. Yeah, right? totally. But see what it is. Sometimes it's because they don't think they can afford it. And then all of a sudden they get all this money and they go, oh, I can do this. Right. So, so when do you know or how do you know if your kid... Um, would be maybe better starting at a community college and then transferring. How do you know? Do you ever get a sense of that when you're working with someone and go, hmm, this one may need to start small and slow? Right. I think that's a good question. I think typically the family already knows before they start. Yeah. Like a lot of issues academically. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you know you're if it's a student that's barely passing and really yeah. struggling, right. A four-year education may not be the way to start. The question is, why are they struggling? Are they struggling because they just don't have the maturity and they don't care? Mm-hmm. Because there's lots of people who mature later, right? Yeah, and totally. so they can do it. Maybe they need to take a gap year or maybe they need to go start at community college. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that would be one reason. I guess the other reason might be a learning difference that they can't handle it. But like we've discussed before, there's so many colleges out there that give support Mm -hmm. and that are specialized for those kids. Mm -hmm. So I don't automatically, when someone says to me, oh, I don't think my my child can handle it. Mm -hmm. I say, well, let's sit down and let's really talk about what the needs are. Hashtag it depends. Hashtag it depends. (laughs) Well, I want to I want you to reiterate what you just said about a kid that has learning differences. Which part of it? That there are <laughs> Remember, schools, I can't hold anything in my right, head right, anymore. Right, right, <laughs> that there are schools that 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 will support them. That will support them. So if they have an IEP, a 504 if they're in the public school system, mm-hmm. if they have a neuropsych eval which, you know, in the private schools or and or in the um public schools, um Every college will have a disability support center. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will be honest with you. Some schools are better than others. Sure. Okay. Some schools have paid programs. So for example, University of Arizona has the SALT program. Mm-hmm. University of Denver has an LEP program where it might be that in the transition, the student needs to go in and check in a couple times a week. It could be like we were talking about executive functioning. They have all these syllabi uh-huh. and they don't know like, how are they going to manage these classes and so much free time? Yes. Um, and then it depends on, you know, if it's a, if it's dyslexia, it could be that they need the reader, the reader, if it's, you know, a dysgraphia, maybe they need a note taker. I mean, mm-hmm. it just depends. And they will help you. It depends. They will look at what your accommodations are mm-hmm. and they'll do it. But then there are also even additional schools mm-hmm. like Landmark and Beacon that are made specifically for those kinds of kids. Right. And they help transition them. Sometimes they'll stay there a year or two until they really know how to do that next level of right. education. I, I had no idea. I know we that talked this about existed. this. Yeah. And I have a child who is dyslexic and has some processing delays. And I, she's so bright. She's going to be great at whatever she, she decides to do. Yep. She's going to be really successful. I have no doubt. But unlike high school, she can focus on that. And I think she will actually enjoy college. Right. She does not enjoy high school because she does not want to take chemistry and math. She right. doesn't want to. Right. And I don't care. That's fine. I just got to get you out of high school. That's been my philosophy with her from the beginning is we just got to get her out of high school because she is is not a kid that feels good about herself in this educational model. Right. Right. And that's not unusual. I mean, part of why I went into college counseling Mm -hmm. was, well, I was looking for something and I just, you know, I was a lawyer in my first life and Mm -hmm. I was like, that's, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) What kind of law did you practice? Business and commercial litigation. I was a litigator. Oh God. Yeah. It gives me PTSD to even think about it anymore. Yeah. I can't even. Wow. (laughs) Um, But going back to talking about what you do and what you the skills that I learned mm-hmm. as a lawyer, mm-hmm. the research, the writing, the advocacy, mm-hmm. that's what I use every day with my clients. Totally. So it goes to the same thing. It's yeah. like you're constantly learning and evolving. It's not just about college. It's no. a, you know, so you can change your profession and your career mm-hmm. and all of that. So well, college to me, this is this has been mine and, and Bert's philosophy mm-hmm. about our kids going to college. You're going to learn English. You're going to learn all the same thing, no matter what college you go to. In a certain way, I don't want to see that secondary, but in a certain way, it is secondary because what you're really learning to do is adult. Right. 
Adulting 101. Is adulting, is how to manage yourself, how to manage a household on a small scale, how to make friends when you're thrown into 35,000 students and you don't know anybody, how to, how to, um, how to figure out how to, how a system works that you've never been How to do your laundry in. if you've never done it. How have you, do, yes, <laughs> exactly. How to look in your fridge and go, hmm, maybe I should go to you the realize, store. Yeah, you realize as a parent what you didn't teach, like my first son, my son. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I realize where I failed. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> By the time I got to my guy now, I'm like, you're going to be great be when so it go ready. off because I know all the things I didn't do right. right. <laughs> Another new podcast partner is Coterie. Coterie is a diaper company. Now, I don't have kids in diapers, but I have a niece in diapers. And I have, she loves the Coterie diapers, or her mom does. The the niece can't really tell me what she thinks about it. But my sister-in-law, who's been a guest here, Cotty, loves their diapers because Coterie is the highest performing diaper on the market for infants and toddlers with up to two times more liquid capacity and Four times faster moisture wicking versus other brands. Wicking means drawing it away from their skin. So that's kind of amazing because then they don't feel wet or inside their diaper doesn't feel wet. That's awesome. Your baby stays drier longer and Coterie parents report fewer nighttime diaper changes, which can lead to better sleep quality, not just for the baby, but for you too. Coterie diapers are made with clothing grade material, giving your baby a cashmere-like feel. So they're more comfortable for longer, day and night. They're dermatologist tested and use only the cleanest ingredients. Plus, Coterie wipes are National Eczema Association approved. Coterie's been awarded best diaper and wipes by both The Bump and Parents.com. Forget about nighttime leaks and wet sheets and try the Rolls Royce of diapers. Coterie. Right now, Coterie is partnering with my podcast to offer you 20% off your first order plus free shipping at Coterie.com slash wife. That's Coterie spelled C-O-T-E-R-I-E dot com slash wife for 20% off and free shipping. Coterie.com slash wife. I know last night I made a joke with the girls and I go, I said, you know, I know your mean old mom asks you to clean your room every Sunday, but let me tell you why. This is part of adulting. Right. So if you just get all your ducks in a row on Sunday, it doesn't have to be Sunday. It could be Saturday, it could be Friday, whatever day you choose. Right. Then you can see what you need to do. Right. To set your week up for success. Do you need to go to the grocery store? Do you need to do laundry? Right. Do you need to dust? Do you need, what do you need to do? And then you can move on. But if you never assess, then you will always be behind. So I'm asking you to do this to practice for being adult. Not because it affects me at all. I don't go in your room. Right. But you just don't want to end up after Georgia's first semester, her have never washed her sheets or anything. Like at least exactly. now, <laughs> I was like every Saturday or you're like, Sunday, <laughs> you're going to change the sheets on your bed. Right. Every weekend, period. That's right. just how it works now. Starting now, this is how it works. And this is for this other goal, which is later in life. Right. And you'll thank me for it. Believe me. And the same with the dishes in the sink. Right. I've started to say to Georgia, your roommate will be very angry about this. So please put them in the dishwasher or at least wash them and put them in the drainer. Not for me. So that you have a habit formed. So when you show up in college, you're not pissing off your roommate because you got to live in a tiny space and you have to think about these things differently. You have to start thinking. It's about that adulting. But I think college is about 
obviously learning and getting a degree, but it is about so much more than that, that finding that fit is important for the more than that. Which is why there are so many colleges that could fit, which is why it breaks my heart that the, that the person we're talking about, Mm -hmm. that friend is so upset about the one school because, you know, you're going to still have those experiences. Yes. You're still going to have all those great experiences because I, like I said, I can barely hold things in my head. Right. Um, (laughs) When we're talking about fit for anyone who's dealing with executive function or learning differences, any kind of, or, or even just a kid who maybe is a little quirky and off the beaten path, you might have to do a little more research for the fit. Mm -hmm. Right. So you had the, we talked about economic, social, and the financial fit. That's economic, academic, I'm an academic. Um, and economic both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's finding a school that's going to allow you, that's going to scaffold you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and help you. And so when I was on the board of trustees at a local private school, which is when I got into thinking about doing college counseling, it's for twice exceptional students, which means gifted or highly gifted, but also have a learning difference. Interesting. Okay. So they, scaffold the challenges Mm -hmm. and they like basically accentuate all your strengths. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about like with Isla and stuff, that's what, or any student that has any kind of learning difference and it doesn't have to be diagnosed. Maybe you just learn different. You could be an auditory learner or a visual learner. Mm -hmm. You want to look for schools that are going to allow you to do that. Are you going to do well in a huge lecture hall or do you need a seminar kind of class? Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of things. Start early, you know, start looking at, how do I learn? Mm-hmm. What do I like? If I'm in an AP class, do I enjoy being in a smaller class like that? Or do I want to be like a number? I mean, I don't think most people want to be a number, but I guess if you're shy, mm-hmm. you might not want to be in one of those seminar classes. Right. And also people like my husband didn't want to be in class at all. <laughs> right. He just wanted to show up. Well, no one's going to even punch know. his clock. Right. And leave. Well, because- that's not going to happen at some of these smaller liberal arts schools. Right. Totally. So you might be able to do that and not show up to a big, where there's big lecture halls. Right. But if you're in a smaller liberal arts school, they're going to know if you're not there. Like actually, so another one of these colleges that change lives. Okay. So mm-hmm. you don't need to buy the book. There's a website, ctcl.org. Um, it used to be in a book form. I don't even know how old this book is now, but they have a website. Mm-hmm. It's like 40-ish schools that are smaller liberal arts schools that are student-centered. Wow. Okay. So you know how we talked about schools with that have the disability and the extra disability support. Arguably, a lot of these smaller schools don't even need that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the disability because they all, you know, legally they all have to have the yeah. disability office. Yes. But they don't have to have some of these extras because if you're in a class with 15 or 20 people and a professor, mm-hmm. number one, you can't be like Bert and not show. Yes. Okay. But number two, they're going to self-accommodate with you. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're, yes. they're, if they're you, right. If you need something and you're eager to learn, mm-hmm. they're going to work with you. Right. So it's not always about you can't go or you have to find some school that's going to be more specialized. Mm-hmm. It's finding the schools that are going to nurture and accept you for who you are. Right. When the first step of that is knowing who you are. Right. Right. So and not lying about it, because that's the other thing. Like mm-hmm. we talked about the parents. Mm-hmm. I think it it it's hard to know who you are. I mean, I would challenge you to write 
an essay like what the kids have to write. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. Like I'll sit with my clients and I have an adjectives list. We all do it at Magellan pretty much. And I'll be like, okay, find the adjectives that describe you. All right, Mm -hmm. now pick a couple. All right, now I want a story that is in your life that shows me how you are that person. So let's say it's kind. I don't want to say I am a kind person. Right. That tells them nothing. Yeah. I want a story that shows me how you're a kind person. Right. Really hard. Yeah. I bet. Really hard. If you had to like do adjectives about yourself, it's, and we're asking 17 year olds and 18 year olds to do this. Can an adjective be, I'm boring? You're not boring. I'm so boring. I'm so boring. I can't even write about it. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and then my essay's over. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. But I it, didn't have to write an essay to go to college. I literally filled out a form. <laughs> what was it? A state school? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I filled out a form and sent in a check and I got my letter. And I went to school and that's all it was. Right. And now it's even more like we were talking about supply and demand earlier, you know, with the common app, which is one of the main ways you can apply to a lot of the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy because you fill it out once and then you fill it out for each of the schools. Mm-hmm. It gets expensive because you're paying for each school, mm-hmm. but that's increased how many students are applying to all these ah. schools. So it's not that like some of these highly selective schools are like, um, how do you how do you say like when you compress the admission rate like it's that let's say they're accepting 1500 students Mm -hmm. but they have so many more kids applying right all of a sudden now they're still accepting 1500 but now they have more so now the admission right the admission maybe it used to be 10 percent now it's eight percent yeah six percent based on the and with the testing you know i don't remember if georgia ended up testing or not because she was this last year you mean sat yeah no Right. So no, um, you know, that's something I want to talk about, too. How important is the SAT or how important do you think it's going to be now that we're out of this pandemic? Because that SAT would have done nothing to help Georgia. Right. So my philosophy is why put her through it? Why make her do it if it's just going to sit in a drawer? Because it really would not. She's not a seeing my child for who she is. She's a good student. But she's not interested in being an academic. Right. So she's she doesn't if she applied herself mm-hmm. for to her full potential, she'd have a four point five. Mm-hmm. She's not interested in that. And I'm not interested in that for her because I don't want her to be someone other than who she is. Right. I want her to do her very best, but not to the point of distraction of her not enjoying her life. Right. So the SAT for me, I was like. The question was, do you think it would show something different? This is a question I asked myself. Would the SAT show something different than she can already show? Like, can she present an insane score on the SAT, which maybe wouldn't be what's reflected on her report card? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I think her SAT will reflect exactly what's on her report card. So why would she take it? Is that a bad philosophy? No, 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 no. (laughs) In some respects, you're lucky because, you know, COVID did a lot of things. But one thing it did accelerate was this whole test optional process. So there was already. So fairtest.org is a nonprofit that I think it's a nonprofit that keeps track and like promotes, you know, not having testing Mm -hmm. because it's about access. It's about, you know you can prep for it. Mm -hmm. So someone who has the resources could maybe prep and get a better score. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe not. Mm -hmm. It depends. It depends. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you look at college admissions, they're looking at, I mean, the biggest thing is your transcript. Mm -hmm. That's four years of work, right? Right. 
And then it's the rigor mm -hmm. of that transcript. Mm -hmm. So not every GPA is created equal because you could have the same GPA, but someone could have taken like all AP classes. Sure. And then they're looking at letters of recommendation from your teachers. I mean, these are all the things they're talking about over time, who you are. Mm -hmm. Standardized testing is a four hour block. Mm -hmm. You could have been sick. You could have been, you could have had a athletic game the night before. Who knows? You maybe you don't have Wi-Fi and you're lower income and you could barely get to the testing center, right? Mm -hmm. So the question becomes how accurate is it? And studies have shown that it does not, it does not predict mm -hmm. how a student's gonna do. Right. In some respects, some schools feel like it's a necessary evil because when you've got 60% of the students who have a 4.0 or higher, like we talked about, how do you differentiate? Yeah. So that we're really, I think, at this like turning point with it. And mm -hmm. we don't really know what's going to happen. There have been a few states that are requiring it. Georgia, Florida. Um, I think I just heard that Tennessee. Um, some of the state schools are requiring the tests mm -hmm. again. MIT went back to it. Um, but there are a lot of schools that are staying test optional or test blinds. The UCs and the Cal States, test blind. They don't even look at it. Right. So there's no point if that's where If that's playing. the yeah. only school, right? Yeah. I typically have my clients take a practice. There's lots of free mm -hmm. practice out there. See how you do. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you do well and you happen to be one of the lucky people who test well, mm -hmm. and there are some out there, I was not one of them. No, not me either. Um, but like my son's one of them. He tests pretty well, mm -hmm. right? Take it and see. Because mm -hmm. if you do it and you do well, it can only help. Mm -hmm. But the problem is it's inflated a lot of the test scores. So what happens? So if you're a test optional school, who's going to submit? Mm -hmm. All the people who are at the higher end. Right. So over time, it looks like their test scores are even higher, right? Right. So, and there's been, I mean, I could bore you. There's <sighs> been like lots of data out there about like, does it help you at a certain school or hurt you at a certain school? Right. I think you can't get in the weeds too much. No, yeah, I think that's good advice. You know, I think you have to just look at the overall picture if you think it can help you mm -hmm. and you take it. It might be that you submit it. It might be a great score for some schools and a low score for other schools. Sure. And by the way, you can go on to different websites, like pick a school look at it and type in like freshman admission profile and they'll show you what their ranges are. Mm. If you're in the middle of their 50%, can't hurt to submit it. Right. I wouldn't submit it if you're lower. Right, right. If you don't have to. Yeah, if you don't have to. Yeah. Well, Georgia did take the the PSAT and that's what I based my opinion on because yeah. I looked at it and I went, this is this shows nothing else. There's no new information here. Right. So, but you know, a couple before COVID, she would have had to take it. Yes. She would have had to. So right. she got so, lucky with that. Right. So and she would have taken it and she would have been fine. But, um, but again, it doesn't define you. It doesn't define you. And it, uh, I feel like what she had to submit said plenty. Right. And for where she was applying, it was enough. Right. And, you know, also at a certain point I go, when it went in this process, when is enough enough? Like is enough. It's enough. You've got enough. Right. She just needs to go back to that philosophy of, I just want to enjoy high school. Well, I was going to say, I think that's like the wisest statement, although she's a kick and she writes well. So she's like, you know, she can convey her thoughts yes. really well. Mm -hmm. But I actually think living in the moment. I mean, like if I take anything away from her statement, it's like living in the moment. If you're always worrying mm -hmm. about what the next step is, mm -hmm. and I don't say that in like a cavalier way, of course, if, if you are planning to go to college, you should work hard in mm -hmm. high school. Take the classes you need to do, you know, do the best you can do. Yeah. But it, 
it's like a rat race otherwise. It you is. Know? It'll drive you crazy. Yeah. And I think she made the wise decision to not join that rat race, to do what she needed to do to get there. Right. But not worry about it. Right. I mean, she took a couple AP classes because she wanted to. She wanted to take AP environmental science. Right. I did not ask her to take anything. She really wanted to be invited into AP English. When she finally got in that class, she was so proud. Right. Um, Isla really wants to take AP environmental science because of her learning differences. I don't know if they'll allow her to mm -hmm. because it's just too hard for her to keep up. But I believe that she could do that class right. if she had the right scaffolding. I feel like Isla would do great in AP Environmental Science. Um, and that's unfortunate, too, because they just don't have what they would need to give her mm -hmm. to, to let her be able to function. To be successful. Yeah, right. to be successful in that class. She thinks at an AP level. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she has a hard time expressing herself at an AP level in a pressured situation. Right. Right. If you're just talking about what she's learned in the right. living room or at the dinner table, you go, wow, she gets everything. If you ask her to write an essay about it, right. it's like full shutdown. Like right. the windows are crashing and it's, it's just very hard, which is a shame. I feel like she finally has an English teacher who allows her to take oral tests. She makes a hundred on every single test, right? Every test. And I go, that's all you need to know. She's totally getting everything that's happening in this class. Right. And she could probably be an AP English if they had the right scaffolding for it. But whatever. Let me check my notes and see what okay. else. When should you start? If I am a parent of a ninth grader, when should you start this process of curiosity and research? Well, I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to say go doing it in middle school. I was going to say I never, it's never too early mm -hmm. to go in your local area, what what schools are there? Just walk on the campus. Yeah. You know, it's not too early to be thinking about college from the, the standpoint of this is exciting, mm -hmm. right? Not, I I need to get in. Yeah, but this would be really cool. What can I What can I learn about being on these campuses? I mean, the main thing in ninth grade is thinking about taking the courses where you're going to be successful. You know, taking the five academic courses, so mm -hmm. English. Social studies, language, science, I say math and math, math. Mm -hmm. and taking those through your four years, mm -hmm. making sure that you are prepared that way, because wherever you choose to go, mm -hmm. you want to be prepared academically so that you can do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say like, and your extracurriculars, because sometimes your extracurriculars can drive you into what you, you find your interests. Right. So if you're living in the moment in high school, mm -hmm. you find your interest. Maybe you get thrown into a journalism class and you go, oh, wait. Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I took it because my friend was in it. Yeah. No, Georgia. Actually, <laughs> I know. She took it because her friend was in it yes. and her friend left. Yes. And she was by herself. And now she's editor-in-chief yeah. of her newspaper. Right. Yeah. And she thought she wanted to be a therapist and signed up for a psychology class. Right away, really early in psychology, she sat down at dinner one night and went, I do not want to be a therapist. <laughs> I have no yeah. interest in even finishing this class, but it's my elective. So I got to get through it. And that was the first half of the year. The second half of the year was journalism. Right. And early in that class, pretty early, she was like, this I like. Isn't that interesting how you, exactly what you just said happened for her to right. be curious in high school, to choose your electives and 
maybe not with the purpose of figuring out per se no, what you want to do. Try different be things. open, be curious. Yeah, try different things. Join clubs. Like so when you say starting early, it, it's more like being involved in what you're doing and finding out what your interests are because you can't really explore college till you know a little bit about what you like about yourself or what you're interested in. Right. Right. And then, you know, 10th grade, 11th grade. Um, I mean, I start working with most of my clients like monthly in junior year. Okay. And that's mostly because I like to reduce the stress. Mm -hmm. Right. So we do it in pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I talked to a 10th grader last night who needed to do class selection. Mm. Was it going to be too much to take four APs? That was our discussion last Mm -hmm. night for a volleyball player. Right. And so it was like, and who needs to take the standardized testing? Because she wants to make she feels she could do well, you know, and what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And what are the choices? So talking about all of that. And I would say if someone's listening about it and starting early to to look at our the the admission clinic, it's free. It's just there are like 10 or 11 modules Mm -hmm. Um, just because if you know what's out there and what can be then you can start looking into it. Mm -hmm. I would say junior year is pretty much when students are starting to research the different schools, Mm -hmm. right? And see what's out there. Um, If you, if your family can afford to take a trip and visit a few schools, great. If you can't, are there local schools where you can just drive to? Look at what a small little liberal arts school in your neighborhood or in your area might look like? Mm -hmm. What does one of your big state universities feel like? Is it overwhelming to you? Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of getting a feeling for some of those. And then it's a matter of just sitting down and looking at your act, looking at that academic fit, looking Mm -hmm. at that social fit. Um, We go through and teach our students how to like actually research the websites. Mm -hmm. And we may even have some information on the website about about that. Mm-hmm. But they're all broken down pretty much the same way. There's like an about section, there's a student life section, there's an academic mm-hmm. section. Spend time in that academic section. Okay. You know, you're going to have to know what you want to take. And so like what you were saying, if you don't like a certain area, like if you don't want to take psychology and you're in a major you're thinking about a major that has a lot of psychology, that might not be the major for you. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> And you could, I had a client who was researching, can't remember what he wanted to do, but he started researching and he fell into a major because he was looking at all the majors on campus. He goes, that kind of looks interesting. He clicked on it. He saw the classes. And that is how he ended up choosing his major because you don't know what you don't know. Well, I mean, it's (laughs) not like when I was younger, I feel like we had like, I don't know, this is probably a low number, like 20 majors. That's what you had at school. And now I feel like there's, there's just unlimited, you know, there's a lot. If you want to get really specific, you can find a college who teaches that really specific thing. And you can, a lot of places you can create your own major. And see, that's just in some ways that's amazing. And in some ways it's overwhelming, I think. And some, in some ways you feel like, how do I know if I don't even know it exists? So what you're talking about to go on and research and Click on that academic and tab it. and see read about it. it see what inspires you. You can you know. go down a whole rabbit hole too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, we had Georgia take an aptitude test. Um, and one of the things that was helpful about that, first of all, we gained very little new information. Mm-hmm. But what was good about that was it made Georgia feel like she was on the right track. Mm-hmm. Like all the decisions and the work she'd done with you 
was lining up with everything she discovered in this aptitude test. An aptitude test is a battery of tests done by psychologists who tell you, you know, you're really good at fine motor skills. So if you're really good at fine motor skills, here are jobs that correlate to that. Uh, She tested highest in like moving like pins with a tweezer. That must be her uh, Her knitting or crocheting that she sits and does while she's talking to you. So they were, their other point was it doesn't have to be a job. It can be a stress release or it can be a hobby. It can be, know that that fits with what fulfills you in some way. She crochets like crazy. So in college, she's stressed. She should crochet. Right. But one of the things that came up was a, um, corporate psychologist and she had never heard of that and had no idea what it was and when she researched it she went i would be good at that psychology i'm more interested still in journalism but it's interesting to know that that exists what if two years from now i'm like you know what i changed my mind i don't want to do this then i have another possibility that works with my aptitudes um and not that i'm saying you should you have to take an aptitude test to know who you are but Doing what you're saying, where you go to a website and you look at their academics and you can see corporate psychologists didn't know that existed. Right. When you drill down into what is that, it makes sense. And I actually think it's either in the mission clinic or it might just be on the landing page that you'll put on there. I do think we have something about priorities or something of that nature, but that is one of the things that I do with my clients. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's not as specific Mm -hmm. as an aptitude test, Mm -hmm. but it's looking at, okay, so if these are the majors, like they fill out things or this is majors, this is how you learn. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the Holland test, which like, if you're a social person, here are some things. If Mm -hmm. you are creative, here are some jobs, but the government has a website for the occupational. I think it's like the OH or whatever it is. There are a lot of different websites that that do connect it. Mm -hmm. They're 16, 17, 18 years old. They don't know. No. And the truth is, even if they think they know, most of the jobs are going to change in the next five to 10 years also. Very true. They yeah. need to learn the hard skills from the majors and they need to learn the soft skills, like the adulting and stuff, mm-hmm. because that's the stuff that's going to help them regardless of what career they choose. I agree. And yeah. I think your degree, like Georgia applied to some schools as an English major, right. some as a journalism major. And I'd said to her, you know what you can do with those majors? You can do anything. All- million things with those study what you're interested in and what you want to study and don't worry about what you do with it now if you're a doctor i don't want you to be an english major (laughs) although wait 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 (laughs) there are a lot of proponents right now saying don't be a bio major really yes be do other you have to take obviously whatever the pre-med track is sure but you can major in lots of other things and some of the actual medical schools are looking for that now. Well, that's good to know. Because it makes you a more well-rounded yeah, doctor. Well, yeah, for it to be able to yeah. look at things. So she changes way. her mind. Yeah, so she can always be a doctor. <laughs> doctor. She will never do that. I can tell you that. No. But um, but yeah, I think unless you are wanting to do something super specific. Yeah, like engineering. Okay? Engineering, so, yeah. You yeah. need to, yeah, for sure. You, there, there's just certain things that you, yeah, you, you have, have to. Yeah, you have to. But Georgia doesn't know what she wants to do. Right. So why do you have to decide? And, you know? and the beauty of that is, let's say you don't know and you're talking about how do you learn. Look on the college's websites and see what they do for their first year advising. Mm. Like a lot of these schools, the ones in the in like in the colleges that change lives or just all around liberal arts schools. 
you don't even declare your major until your second year. Which is so smart, I think. Right? You don't really know. Smart. No. Because all they know are the five classes they've taken and maybe some electives. Yes. They could take an anthropology class and, and go, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, that's like the coolest thing ever. I want to be an anthropologist. Totally. You know, and if you don't take the classes, go in with an open mind and like bend your bend yourself a little. Like don't have yes. to be uncomfortable, but take some things that might be out of your, what you normally, your comfort zone. Curious. I think if you approach college, was, the whole yeah. process, even the beginning, yeah. uh, you know, in 11th grade or whatever, curiosity. with curiosity. Then, and being open-minded. Yes. Then you have less stress if you're just curious, sure. curious, a fact finder. I what agree. else is on that card? Um, what do you think the most important thing a family should do before they start this process? Is there one most important thing they should do? Have a conversation. Yeah. Have an honest conversation as a family. I mean, there's obviously the finances. So hopefully you've been able to save because it is a very costly investment, mm -hmm. right? So putting like finances aside, because we all know that's that's going to be at the, the crux of the whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, what you can afford. Like, I think having a conversation, what are the expectations? Are they on the same page? Mm. You know, when a, when a parent says to a, a child, well, that school's not very good. Mm -hmm. You think that a kid's going to feel proud if that's the school they end up at no. or vice versa, or, oh my God, you have to go to this school because we went there. What happens if they're not interested in that school? Mm -hmm. Like having an honest conversation, I think is probably the best the best piece of advice, I think, mm -hmm. because it, and it's hard. Not every every kid's going to want to have that. You could lock them in the car yeah, right. know, and do that. And then when they're going through the process, try not to talk about college all the time. Mm. Set, a set aside. A, I mean, if you're working with someone, then it's easy because they have their college time. But mm -hmm. if you're do, if you're helping your own child through the process, you know, don't ask them every time they come down to dinner. They're never going to want to come down to dinner and talk about other stuff. Very true. You know, yeah. don't lock them in. Don't get in the car from carpool. Then they know, oh my gosh, this ride, I'm, I'm trapped. Mm -hmm. Set up a time and say, okay, every Sunday, like we're making the bed, mm -hmm. we're going to spend an hour or two or whatever on the college process. Right. So that it's not permeating every single bit of their life. And they know when to expect it. Correct. Because they're not always going to be. That's another reason with working. You said about working with someone else. Mm -hmm. It's a hard thing because like right now my son's a junior, you know, so I know, and we have a pretty open relationship, mm -hmm. but I'm still his mother. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> you'd be surprised how honest my clients are with me mm -hmm. when parents aren't in the room. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. Oh, you should, if you knew what I knew. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I'm not surprised at all. And I think that is one of the hardest things parents, um, face is the, is the letting go of needing to know everything. Yeah. You don't need to know everything. And it is hard. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. It's hard. You want to it's know. Hard. Yeah. Of course. I want to know because I'm curious. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for her. I want to help. I want to support. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I want to be there. I want to be part of the process. Yeah. How much fun would it be to do this together? That's not what she needed. Right. So my advice being a parent who just went through this would be to say, it's not about you. This is not about you. This is about your child and what they need and showing them that this is the way I focused. I, I, this was my mindset with Georgia is to show her 
that I trusted her, I believed in her, and I would support whatever she chose because it's her life, not mine. It's her path, not mine. And if she's going to walk it, she's got to own it. So it can't, I can't be in it at all. Uh, were you like this when they were younger? Because that's really, yeah. I, I think I need to clip it after this comes out. I'm going to clip that. I'm going to play it for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I've always been like that. You know what? I grew up with a mother who um, um, required that I be a certain thing, required okay. it um, or what I didn't get love. It had to be. Okay. And when I had kids, I went, I will that. see them for who they are. And that is all I will see. And, you know, sometimes who they are will not be great. And it's my job to say, hey, this part's not great. Let's talk about this part, but not who you are, just that behavior or that choice. There's a difference. And yes, I have always been this way. And it's because I did not have this kind of freedom of um, being myself in any way, shape or form with my mom. My dad, I could be whoever I wanted, which is how I learned how to be whoever I wanted. So then I went, okay, then I'm going to take what I learned from my dad and apply it here which is whoever you are is exactly right. That's right. Now, if you're lying, right. that's a bad behavior, but that's not who you are. You are not a liar. All kids lie at a certain point. They all test. And that's different than who you are. So yeah, I think I have been lucky enough to always be the person who said, especially when Isla started showing all these learning differences, I could not possibly have parented these two kids the same. Like, don't you wish they came with a manual? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, because there wouldn't be one. There wouldn't be the same manual. <laughs> it would not. There's no. no way. Because Georgia, I could say, hey, honey, we're not going to hit anybody because nobody hits you. And I could say that to Isla. And what I was saying was blah, 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 blah. And she didn't understand anything I was saying. So for the same instance, a toddler hitting, one thing was effective. The other one wasn't. Mm-hmm. So at a very young age, I was like, I can't do this the same ever. You have some rules that are the same. You know, we don't hit people. We have a bedtime. We eat dinner at this time. That's fine. But for their individual who they are and what they needed to learn, you know, my goal in life is to have happy, productive, successful people. And I don't mean successful in money. I mean, successful and they do what they love and they want to continue to learn and grow and progress in that path, whatever that is, even if they're a stay-at-home mom, to continue to learn and grow. So if you look at it that way, then where they go to college should line up with that plan. Back to fit. I think it's back to everything we said. Be curious, be open, live in the moment, Yeah, you know, and find where you're going to be your best version of yourself. Because that's, as a parent, what you should want for your kid. Where are you going to be the best version of yourself? And be proud of that person. And that's the other thing. Um, talking about the conversation with the parents, sometimes less is more. Mm. And even though you want to say it, uh-huh. try not to say it. Because how you, what you think you're saying to them, they may be reading totally different. Uh, completely. That and you are their parent. What you say has more weight than anybody. Yeah. So something teeny tiny could mean everything to them per- that you gave the perfect example. That's not a great school. Then that kid is never going to feel good about going to that school ever. And that's really unfortunate because that might be the breath school for that. The child. perfect fit. Yeah. And you've ruined it by one cavalier comment. 
It's and hard. usually it's an uneducated comment, unfortunately. And I don't mean that in any like derogatory way, but usually when someone says that's not a good school, if you push it, mm-hmm. well, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, typically it's because of something they've read. It's yeah. something that, you know, or maybe they admit a lot of students mm-hmm. that doesn't, well, I'll go back to the ASU example, just because they admit 80% doesn't mean it's not a good school. Yeah. Their institutional priority, their mission is to be accessible to all. Right. Which is an amazing mission. Right. And so people who maybe couldn't normally afford it or wouldn't normally go apply and go there. That doesn't mean it's not an excellent school. Right. So when a parent says that and it's uneducated, Mm -hmm. now it might not, a parent might say that's not a good school for you, Mm -hmm. but why? But why? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, we have to wrap up. Uh, okay. This is there anything we left that we didn't oh talk about? Oh my gosh. Well, we could do a version two at some point because we there's so many things about college, but I think we hit it all. Just the generalities. The general, yeah, yeah, just control what you can control in the process. Try to have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, and it's don't base your self worth on it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think it's your last journey with your kids in a certain way. Right. your last one. Yeah. Because when they're out of college, you are out of it. Yeah. So why make it a struggle? That was part of my reason too. Why do I want my last journey with her to be a fight? Why do I want to send her off to college <laughs> having the two of us disemboweled each other just to get her there? I don't want to do that because I'm a quote fire hoser. <laughs> I, I am a like, what, a are you doing? what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And my kids, did don't... you do that while we were working? Or did you stay completely out of it? Cause no, never... I say, I say totally out of it. We, we should do another one with Georgia. That would be fun. Let's do that. Okay. Because then she can talk about what her experience was. Okay. Because I genuinely, Oh, until... she'll probably tell you I was on her. <laughs> uh, but until you texted me and said, I cannot get her when she, during golf season in particular, which was the most intense time. Right, yeah. Uh, I was like, she's at golf. Like so she had like four hour golf. Right. I remember. It was ridiculous. And four, they were very inconsistent. She'd find out like an hour before. Yes, it was exactly crazy. right. It was awful. So, but you didn't know that. How did you know that? And, and then I would go, Susie's trying really hard to get in touch with you. Could you just address her? Just answer her, you know? Oh, fine, fine, fine. That's a good life skill. Very good. It's adulting right? 101. Yeah. Just re- respond. Too busy. Get back to you next week. Please text me next week. Anything. But that would be an interesting podcast to have her join us and talk about sure. what the process was like. For Anytime. Her, if you'd like it's to come fun. Oh, please. I could talk about this for hours. Well, As we talk. We, we I know, right? I could talk about it for hours because too. Because it doesn't have to be so stressful. Well, my whole, my mission for this podcast is to learn. For me yeah. to learn. And when I learn, then whoever's listening hopefully is also learning. Right. Now, I learned a lot of this already because I just went through it. But I have so many friends that are, you know, have 10th graders. Right. They're about to pick this up. And so if we can reduce the stress and not have yes. what happened to your other friend. Yes. Happen, yes. Then and if everyone happy. could have my experience, that would be a, a, that would be the biggest gift. No. Thank you. Because That's so you kind. were amazing. Thank you. Georgia got into I guess everywhere she applied and that's on her that's and on, her. on you because you pointed her and said, look at these places she did mm-hmm. and did what she needed to do to get there. It was a great team effort. Yeah. And I had a nothing. I paid for the application. <laughs> that is all I did. Yeah. You gave the credit card. <laughs> I gave her the credit card and said, go for it. But yeah. you did a wonderful job. Thank you. I appreciate Could that. not have been happier Thank with you. every part of who you are and how you handled her. Thank you. Well, it, it was, was a great. joy. 
It really was. Thank you. And thank you for having me here today because I thank love you. talking about it. <laughs> I know. Good. So tell me the website just so we have it audibly. Okay. So it's MagellanCounseling.com mm-hmm. backslash wife. Mm-hmm. And Magellan is M-A-G-E-L-L-A-N. A-N. Counseling.com yeah. backslash wife. Correct. Okay. And there's lots of, I mean, there's probably more stuff on there. So no one get overwhelmed if you're on there. Yes. Um, but we do have that. Like I said, it's free. It's a mission clinic. You can just watch it. They're little bursts of um, information mm-hmm. um, just to educate. Yeah. Just to educate. Yes. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is definitely power. Yes. Well, thank you, Susie, <laughs> thank so much. You. I appreciate it. Was it. Really, thank you. it was fun. And let's sincerely do this with Georgia. I would love it. Let's do it. Maybe it, if she'll do it, I'll love it. She'll do it. Okay. I'll make her. Okay. I'll fire hose her into it. <laughs> okay. You have to do this. No, All right. Just kidding. But Anytime. Yeah. She will. Thank you. All right. <laughs>